Yo, fam, Coach Sam with Coach Tom, Strong Gents Coaching, where we help men get physically, mentally, and socially, economically stronger in life. Podcast episode numero trace. Um, we're going to come at you with some, we're really just going to have some banter tonight. Um, we don't have a set topic, but uh, we're just going to give you an update on what we're doing. Uh, so for me, I'm just working my butt off, extremely busy in my personal training business. Um, I don't have any openings, but you can always send me an inquiry if you are interested in getting healthier and you live in the Monmouth County area. Be glad to help you out. Um, fitness wise, I'm just getting my my own health in check, getting stronger physically, working on my g- digestive system a little bit. And things are running good. I feel good. I'm working on strong gents for everybody in the world so I can leave this world with something behind that is lasting and leaves a legacy. Um, and Coach Tom is uh, pretty pumped up about what he has accomplished last weekend. Um, yeah. He's also pumped up because he's retiring soon. So go ahead, give a quick well, down what's going on and talk about your retirement and what you're excited to do. Well, all right, Sam. How's everybody doing out here? Um, well, I'm not retired. I, here's the thing. I'm not I'm set on retirement. I can retire, um, you know, on October 1st from my school job of 25 years. Okay. If I find uh, another job that I want to do. Okay. So I will be on that search and I'm real excited, you know, for that. And, um, you know, one of the reasons is that, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm at a point in my life where I'm willing to take uh, certain risks that I didn't take when I was a younger man, you know, um, I wasn't the type to take, you know, a risk and move out of state or, uh, you know, or, you know, things like that, or, or to get out of my lane in regards to uh, applying for a different job that might not be exactly what I'm credentialed to do or experienced to do, but it, it's in the ballpark. Um, and, um, you know, and out of my lane in regards to presenting myself, like when I present myself, um, I present as being the best, you know what I mean? Like, I, like I'm your best candidate, like you may not hire me, but I'm your best candidate. And I feel that, you know, strongly. And I didn't always you know, but, um, but that's why I'm kind of excited for this, um, you know, um, cause change, you know, like we always say, like, um, you know, even good change is stressful and, uh, many people avoid even good change to, to, so they don't have to go through that, that stress of the unknown. And, um, I know that well, and, and, uh, I'm kind of looking forward to that just like I was looking forward to, the feeling, okay, on Saturday with my two my two good friends, we did a go ruck event for the first time, um, you know, which is uh, rucking as we discussed on a previous uh, episode is uh, carrying a weighted backpack, you know, for distance, and um, you know, it's I love it, and uh, go ruck is one of probably the premier um, rucking event, you know, um, company that sponsors these challenges, and uh, it was a twenty six mile. 20 pound minimum to carry, uh, with a, you know, regular weight and any other weight you wanted to carry on top of that's fine, but you had to have an actual, uh, iron weight, um, either go ruck weight or other weight in your backpack, 20 pounds minimum. And then whatever else you wanted to carry was fine. Um, but it was the first time we did it and, um, it was just an awesome experience. I just, uh, I loved it. And, um, you know, I can't wait to do another one, you know, um, and, uh, before we get far along, you said something that caught my attention, so I wrote it down. I think it's important. Um, I think most people don't look at it this way anymore. Um, and I think there's, you know, I think there's lost wisdom in, in being really good at something and doing it for a long time. You said 
you've been working the same job for 25 years, right? And I think there's something special in doing the same thing and staying committed for a really long time and becoming a master at it. And you don't become a master at something overnight. You don't become a master over three years or five years. I think 10 or more is when you really start to hone in on your skills. But um, you see a lot of people nowadays jumping job to job to job, always searching for maybe 20 grand more, 30 grand more. And there's nothing wrong with making more money. But what? why did you choose to stay in the same lane for 25 years? Um, and what can you say on just trying to be the best, pick something and stick to it and try and be the best at it. Cause I have stuff to say about this, but you, I've been doing what I'm doing for a decade, but you've been in it for a quarter of a century. So how has that impacted your life? And do you have any advice for somebody who's younger and, and just starting their career? Well, I mean, the thing that I tell young people all the time is that you can't stay stagnant, right? Um, you know, just because you may not know what you want to do doesn't mean you stay home, play your video games and worry that I don't know what I want to do. So I'm going to deliver pizza or do, or, you know, um, or, uh, what, what's everybody did, uh, DoorDash you know, deliveries oh, now and God, uh, with my stuff clients, like that. With you my know? clients, it's just been a nightmare. I wish that thing would go out of business. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, and, and, you know, and staying home and, and waiting until, you know, uh, e- either something approaches them, which is not going to happen, you know, or, or they get this grand idea. It's probably not going to happen either. But I always tell people that, you know, um, you got to get out there and do something because you're going to find out what you're good at or what you're not good at. OK, by actually taking action and you can't meet anybody. OK, in your home, you know, uh, you have to meet people outside of your home. When you run into someone who likes you and, and they're impressed with you, and I know we talked about this on a, on a previous episode, you know, you, you create opportunities for yourself. You can't create an opportunity at home. Now, sometimes I'll, I'll give, you know, uh, advice to someone to say, well, I don't know what I want to do, um, you know, um, and I'll suggest, I don't know if I want to go to college. I, I don't want to go to the military. I'm not sure what skill I want to focus on. I'll say, okay, well, then, you know what? Maybe you might want to consider getting a certification in something. Uh, you know, they're usually a take a year-long self-study, and it usually involves a test. Uh, it could be uh, for computer programming or, um, you know, a, a, a number of different things. Um, and then you can work in that job for a while, okay, and meet people and, and find out what you want to do. And they're like, well, what if I don't end up doing that? It'll be a waste of money. And I'm like, it's never a waste of money, okay? If you spend two grand on yourself, okay, to get a certification, okay, to get out there and to get a better paying job and to create opportunities for yourself, even if you never do that job again, let's look at it. You got a new skill that you learned and no one can take it away from you for your whole life, okay? You have something to fall back on if ever needed, okay? Because life throws curveballs all the time, right? And it's on your resume. It's on your resume and it looks good. It's another credential on your resume. And it's a story that you can tell, okay, during an interview process is that how come you have this certification that doesn't have anything to do with what you're doing now? Well, let me tell you about that, you know, because yeah. I took action when I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah, it's important. You know, um, you know like I'm in personal training now for a decade um, and I'm of the rare uh, species of personal trainers who has more than one certification. I got seven. So I studied every year for seven years for a new certification. Um, and I also have college courses in it as well. Um, uh, for, you know, anatomy, physio, all that stuff took the basics on that stuff. Um, but 
I always thought to myself, you know, I don't care if someone, and I'll tell you what, they don't matter because no one has ever asked me to see my certifications, but they matter to me because I wanted to yeah. learn more about what I'm supposed to know. And it has helped me grow my business, be more confident. So it was one of the greatest investments, you know, it's what, $2,500 a pop or whatever. So we're talking, you know, $20,000 maybe, you know, for all seven, maybe a little less, um, but greatest 20 grand I've ever spent in my entire life. Just, it made me right. a better personal trainer right? Over the years. And the better personal trainer I am, the more clients want to work with me, the more clients want to work with me, the better results right. they get, the better results they get, people see, then they come work out with me. And it's just this constant, you know, just from investing in myself. So I don't think you can yeah. ever go wrong with investing in education. Um, now, I think personally, I think I'll give you a good example of this. I think there's a thousand different ways to skin a cat. And I think the original way people go to school is not the best way for everybody, especially nowadays, because the price is astronomical. But my one buddy, Sean, um, who's going to be on this podcast in a couple of days, actually, we're going to record an episode. He went to the military right out of high school, right? Four years, four-year contract, came out, went to Brookdale, graduated Brookdale Community College, went to Rutgers University, got his, finished his degree at Rutgers University, paid for by the military, zero debt. The whole time he was getting paid the military is paying for school and paying for his homestay. So he was working while doing this, saved all his money, no debt. Now he's going back into the military with a college degree to get an officer position to make double the money, right? Wow. So he is taking, he took a completely different route that it was to him, it seemed out of the box. And he, you know, he, he'll talk about it, but he got anxious, depressed sometimes just thinking about him being different. Um, but now he looks at it and he's like, I can't believe that this actually worked. Like his decision worked. He's up, he's better off now than most people who, who go to school, spend all this money, barely study, get a degree they don't want. And then, you know, end up in the same depressed state of mind right. that he was in. It's just a different situation. So I think no matter what you choose to do it, you can, you can make it work a thousand different ways. Right. And it's and it's also mindset. Right. So what Sean was using was what we call delayed gratification. He was able, OK, to be disciplined in what he was doing, knowing what the end product was going to be. OK, so he was the, delaying that gratification. A lot of people can't do that. It's kind of like with physical fitness and losing weight. OK, to you know, to you got to be able to put in the work. Okay, and delay that gratification that you want, that final goal that you want. Then that's that's you know frustration tolerance and delayed gratification. The the ability to deal with frustration, like Sean dealt with frustration, you know, and and so we all have to deal with frustration. Now some people deal with frustration by escaping, you know, by smoking too much pot or drinking too much alcohol or playing too many video games or you know. Um, or whatever that is, that's how that's how they deal with uh, frustration, Tom. They don't like to be frustrated. But you know what? Guess what? You know, life's about being frustrated um, um, a lot of the times, you know. So hats off to him. You know, uh, I'm so happy for him that, to hear that. You know, it's awesome. Yeah, he, he can't wait. He's excited. He wants to get out of here. You know, he doesn't really like New Jersey anymore. Um, he's joining the Coast Guard this time. So he likes being on the beach, on the boat, working in the water. Yes. Um, so, you know, I believe he signed nice. another four year contract. So again, he set himself up to where after four years, he has a college degree. Now he doesn't have to do the military again. He can get another job. And now he's got four year college degree, eight year military background. He can get a job outside the military outside for even more money or a greater position. So he's just right. And, and he, also what he's setting himself up for, which if he chooses to do it, 
you know, which a lot of folks don't know, is that, you know, the military has a 20-year pension. So if he wanted to stay in the military for 12 years after that, then he would get a pension as a young man. And you start earning that pension right away. You know, so for example, if you go, if, if your 20 years is up when you're 40, you, you retire from the military, you start collecting your pension at 40, and now you get another job, you know, and, and, and now you, you're doing some work, right? And so just to keep going with this, just because I think it's super important. So many, uh, so many kids nowadays, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 28 looking down at, you know, I train some kids who are graduating college and um, I have their parents and their kids are graduating college. And they, ex- they are expecting to make six figures a year right away. They are expecting to work a nine to five job or less and make six figures as their first job. And some of them have never worked a job in their life. Mommy and daddy have paid for everything. And it just doesn't work like this. And just keeping Sean in the picture here, right? You know, he got treated like dog shit in the Marines for the first four years, worked his ass off, got bossed around, didn't make a lot of money, right? Then went to college, put in tons of hours of studying, just working side jobs um, at the time and radio host and DoorDash and all these, just, you know, making money, working for the county also now, which, you know, for benefits. Um, But he got shit on for eight years and now is going back in, getting paid the most he's ever paid, got paid in his entire life, setting himself up for his future. And he was willing to put in the pain. And to give an example for myself, right? I didn't go to college out of high school. I said, I want to be a personal trainer. I didn't, I didn't like school at the time. I wanted to start my own business, just start making money right away. When I became a personal trainer, you know how much I made for the hour? They charged 60 bucks. I made $12 for the first two years I worked as a personal trainer, $12 an hour. You know, how, like my, and at the time I was working crazy hours, waking up at 4 a.m., getting to the gym at five, doing my thing for $12 an hour. Now, a little different for me because I loved what I did. So it really wasn't like working. But it's still just, I was take, getting paid dog shit, right? I was getting treated like crap. My boss was a dick, right? This was at a big commercial gym. Um, but I stuck with it, right? And now, 10 years later, right? 28, almost 28, no debt. I can make six figures if I choose to, depending on how much I work. And I'm loving, I'm living my best life right now. So when, when, when you're young and you're listening to this and you think that you deserve all this money and this great job. You don't, you didn't put in any work. Now, sometimes you get lucky or you know somebody or you, you know, you, you are in a field where money is more prosperous and you can, you can get away with that at a younger age, but don't be afraid to work. Don't be afraid to put in the hours because you don't necessarily deserve it right now. And, but you will, if you keep at it, like how much, for example, how much money did you make um, when you first started teaching or like around about? back in the day probably well i I didn't but i i didn't come out you know mine mine's a different story i I didn't come out working in schools right out of college so i i was a probation officer i I didn't work in schools until i was 33 so um i had a whole you know had a whole 10 years of working you know outside of schools before i started but my you know at the time (laughs) this is kind of funny one of the things that deterred me from um from getting a teacher cert while I was in college and I was in college from 1982 to 1986 was the teacher salary in the state at the time when I started college in 82 was $13,500 a year. Now, now, after I changed my major 
there was a teacher shortage because teachers started to leave because the pay was just too low. It was not keeping up with the economics. And so there was a teacher shortage. So they made a state law. The governor signed a state law that increased, made districts have a minimum starting salary that jumped 5,000 to 18,500, which was a lot at the time. So that encouraged some people to sign on. But to answer your question, my first job, I remember when I came out as a probation officer for Monmouth County, New Jersey, I was making $18,000 a year in night. Yeah. In 1986. Yeah. So um, I just think, um, you know, and you work in school. So, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm just getting it from a different perspective, just from the parents I train, but I do feel a lot of young men or women, it doesn't matter, but, um, in that age group expect to be handed that silver platter. I went to school for four years and got a degree. Where's my six feet? So, yeah, one of the, one of the issues is, is that, you know, when, listen, parents try their best to provide for the kids and, and, and folks that make good money, you know, they, they have to, you know, they have to weigh on how much to give their kid. And it's, it's, it's not, that's not an easy decision. You know, if you have something you want to give it to your kid, you know, but you also want to make them. So what I'm trying to say is that sometimes, you know, uh, or many times now kids that come from parents that, that did well financially, they've never really had to work hard or be tested, you know, um, in certain areas, you know, not that they're not hard workers in the classroom or, or, or have a good work ethic that way. They've just never been tested. And when it comes to, wow, I really got to like put my nose down and and earn my money, you know, Um, because for the, you know, they've never had to have a part-time job, you know, and maybe they had one because their parents made them, which was great, but they never had to have a part-time job, maybe in college or, or, you know, um, or in the summer and stuff like that. So, um, you know, now it's all new. So, you know, sometimes young people are delayed from, you know, going through those, uh, you know, going through that type of development, right. And understanding like, Whoa, all right, this is not as easy as I thought. Like I got to get my ass up. I got to go to work. I got to work hard. Okay. Then I got to get up and I got to do it again. Um, I got to take setbacks. I got to accept, you know, uh, you know, you know, in my job, I got to, you know, so it's new to a lot of young kids. Yeah. I just think um, just to summarize, you know, the topic here, I I just think it's important to understand, you know, it's, it's okay. Like you don't have to struggle. Like if you don't have to struggle, kudos to you because it's a shortcut to success. But if you come across it, you got to just take it on the shoulders. You got to learn to keep going. You just like to put in yeah. the work and, and just understand that later on down the line, you will reap the rewards. Get punched in the face right now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, you know, delayed gratification. Delayed gratification, like just understanding that, okay, that's what you want. You want all this stuff right now. But you might not be the person who deserves it yet. So just keep putting that work and keep getting punched in the face. And that sounds bad. It sounds negative, but it's not. It's like it's you get punched and keep going forward. It means you're not a quitter. I think that's important nowadays. I really do. It is important. And, and also something that you mentioned was important is that, you know, um, like you asked me about my job, what keep me going and you like, you know, you you're doing something that you're passionate about. Right. And, and so am I. So I don't, you know, it's work. Yes, but it's not, it's, uh, it's not drudgery. You know, um, I don't hate it. I really enjoy my work. I think it makes a difference, you know, so people always ask me, I, I have, I have a, 
difficult job, you know what I mean? Because I deal with high stress situations with with kids and sometimes those are bad outcomes, you know, and or sometimes kids come from a really bad background and you hear some really bad things, you know, and it's like, how do you do that? I'm like, I'm like, uh, you know, it's my it's my job and I care and you know, and I'm good at it. And, um, I can't, I like, don't you feel like you're going to burn out? I'm like, I can't burn out. It's impossible. I, I'll never burn out. That's why, you know, I could continue to work at this job if I want, because it fills my cup. Like, I feel like I'm, you know, uh, I'm using my skill set. I'm helping people, you know, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, a, you know, a, like a heart or a brain surgeon that's at the top of their game. You know what I mean? And do they burn out? Maybe sometimes, I guess, but I never hear about surgeons burning out. And I'm like, you know, I feel like a surgeon you know, and, um, I'm doing my best work and I'm really helping people out, but, you know, I got into this field, you know, I like that the field that I was in, you know, and I got into, to counseling from coaching and, you know, I liked the, I liked motivating people from a counseling perspective. And I did that prior to getting into schools as a drug and alcohol counselor, because I found that, that motivating people, uh, to try to stop using drugs and alcohol to help them see how it was interfering with their life was really parallel to football coaching. It was all about motivating people, you know, to, to be their best selves and to try harder, you know, or, and, and, um, and to get better, you know, and to be better. And so I really, really loved drug and alcohol counseling and I loved the clients too. They're very interesting. And so, you know, uh, due to, like we said, life throws us curveballs. you know, due to getting laid off at certain jobs because, you know, businesses close sometimes, you know, um, it opened up another door, which was a school. And I had previously prepared myself for just an event. I didn't have to do it, but I did when I was, uh, you know, I didn't think I was going to get into a school, but they came out with this special certification. It was only four courses at a time in the early nineties for a position that if I ever wanted to get into a school, I could do, it was in the, the substance abuse area and it was new. And I'm like, you know what? It's only four credits. I'm a single dude. I wasn't married yet. You know, it's just, let, let me do these classes. Yeah, I could stay home and drink beers or play an extra round of golf with my friends. But you know what? Let me take these classes just in case. And you know what, Sam? I'm glad I did. OK, because I didn't know seven years down the line, seven years down the line, I get laid off. And now I can use that certification that those those four classes and I get a job that look at this. Like so I always say, you know. Good things come out of bad sometimes. You just have to look for them. So a really good thing came out of bad. It got me into schools. I have a pension now that I'm going to retire on after 25 years. Uh, working with kids was wonderful, uh, helping them out. Uh, now I'm in a high school for the last uh, 12 years, and it's, real, when it's really where I'm supposed to be is to help in high school kids because I really relate to them. My skill set is set for them. Um, I help their parents out as well, you know. Uh, when I worked in middle school, that was cool. And I hope the kids are wonderful. I love that. But, you know, you know, you really do great helping at the high school level with both kids and their parents, you know, so um, I landed where I was supposed to land. And, and also not just the substance use part of it, but the bullying part of it. Um, New Jersey is uh, has the most strict school bullying law in the country since 2011. And I do those investigations and I love doing those investigations because if kids are bothering other kids, I like to put an end to it. So, um, you know, um, I may take these skills to another job and I'm really looking forward to that, you know, but, um, but I could stay in this job if I wanted to. 
and uh, I'm doing something that I really enjoy. And so are you. And so for someone that's confused, sometimes it might be a good idea to take the dollar signs out of your mind because, listen, we need money. We definitely need money. But it's all not about money sometimes. You know, sometimes maybe you're, you're just more, you, you know, you really want to do something different that makes you feel really good, that it's not like work. And if you've hit that where you, you feel like your job really isn't like work and you love being there, you hit a home run. Even if you're not making a million dollars, you are making a million dollars, you know, if you can do that. It's very true. Uh, something important you mentioned, though, was um, <clears throat> how you just you, you did that course without knowing the future. Right. You didn't you had a goal. You, you had a plan in mind. But you didn't really know how it was going to work out. You basically winged it. OK. And I'm a huge believer in winging life. To a certain extent, I think you got to have a plan. You got to have an idea and you got to start taking actions towards that. But to try and force the end result is chaos. I think it causes a lot of neuroticism, a lot of neuroses. It causes excess stress and anxiety on people. I think they have mental breakdowns um, and they go through these stages of extreme anxiety and depression that are unwarranted. They play, place it upon themselves. I mean, you could speak more upon that just because, you know, you counsel these people, uh, even though I counsel them too in a different setting. Physically, I see it all the time. These people, they put too much pressure on their shoulders by trying to control the outcome of life. You can't control the outcome of life. You can only set the path right continue to walk it and go over the obstacles as it come along and that's what i did you know i didn't know where i was going to end up i just i chose what i wanted to do i continued to take the steps in that direction i had a thousand detours and eventually ended up where i'm supposed to be and it's a great feeling um and you look back with a sign of relief but the entire time i did not try and control the end result i was trying to just control myself on the path and I think it's really, really important. I do I, for anything, for anything. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes looking at things a different way, like I've counseled a lot of young people in their 20s, you know, that, you know, um, they they get stalled with anxiety because they, they, they're like, like, let's just say that they're in a college, they're in a degree program at college. And they're like, what if I don't want to do this? You know what I mean? Then it's going to be a waste. You know, like, um, you know, uh, I'll give you, for instance, I, I, I counseled the kid for a very brief time. His mom had called me. He was 25 years old and he lived out of state and um, he was in crisis because he found out he, he got a job in, you know, I think it was like a finance uh, area. He got a job in his degree that he took at school, but he found out he hated it. He hated it. Okay, so he had himself in this box in a psychological bind. He he hated it, but he, but he was like, I'm stuck for the rest of my life. I'm stuck for the rest of my life. I'm going to be miserable. And he got depressed. So I had a conversation with him, you know. I'm like, hey, all right, man. So so it sounds like you're really suffering here. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm like, did you ever consider doing something else? And he like, he's like, he's like, what? He goes, what do you mean? I'm like, do you ever think maybe doing something else? He's like, what, what do you mean? Like what? Like go back to school? I go, I don't know. Maybe. He goes, he goes, why would I do that? He goes, then I would waste my, that would be a whole waste of money for four years. And I said, okay. So let, I said, that's not exactly true, but let's, let's, let's go with that for a second. Let's just say for you're 25. I said, let's just say for argument's sake, you live until you're 75, 50 years. So you have 50 more years to go. So you're telling me, okay that you wouldn't go back to school for four more years 
okay, and you, you'd be 29 and be happy from 29 until 75, you're going to be miserable the rest of the 50 years because you won't put four more years in. And I said, and so because, because you're very rigid in your thinking right now, you think you have to do four full years to get another degree program. Well, I'm here to tell you that that's not true. Did you, you've already done your foundation courses. So do you know degree programs? Okay. A new degree only takes you between 30 and 30, 32 and 36 credits. That's about two years for you. So all you'd have to do is go to school part-time. Okay. And you probably would have a new degree in three years when you're 28. And he's like, I don't know what to say. I said, I know you don't know what to say because you got, you know, you, you, you got upset and you felt you were trapped. You know what I mean? And, you know, so I'm glad that your mom reached out so we could have this conversation. It's just a different perspective. You know, you gave them a different perspective. I think so many people are locked in the world and they don't want to, I know they don't want to take advice because I get people, I get, you know, we're, me and you are in the same business, just in a different setting. I say it all the time. Oh, um, yeah. Give people advice and they always have a rebuttal. It's always a rebuttal and they just don't see it. And sometimes it takes a different language, a different way of transferring information to them for them to understand that there is a different way. And as soon as they finally get a hold of what you're trying to tell them, it's like a light bulb clicks in the brain and then everything changes. But most people avoid those conversations. They avoid those uh, discussions with people because they don't want to be told different. I think it's such a a bad quality trait to avoid an open-minded conversation about your current situation and possibly uh, gaining a better life uh, by changing things up and not being so stubborn. Well, the thing is, is that, I mean, but he really felt stuck, you know what I mean? Like he didn't know he was being stubborn. So uh, he was, you know, so it was good that he was at least open to talking to me um, to hear a different perspective. Like uh, I'll give you a quick example, just because I deal with stubborn clients all day long every single day we're talking 50 people a week just constant stubbornness and the ones who do the best are the most open-minded um so i have i have a couple clients who um are not doing great in terms of weight loss progress right and they believe that it's my responsibility for them now anybody listening who wants to get in shape it is not your trainer's responsibility to make you lose weight they give you the information the motivation and keep you on track it is your job to put in the work and if you're not willing to put in the work outside of the gym you will not get results. You're in the gym for one hour a week, maybe two hours a week, maybe three hours a week, max. There's 168 hours in a week. If you think one to three hours is going to change your life, you are out of your goddamn mind. You're just wasting money. And I tell people that all the time. Stop wasting money on me. I'm not doing this for the money. I don't need your money. I want you to get results. Um, but so one of my go-tos is if you're trying to lose weight, you have to commit for me at least three days a week. You have to walk 30 minutes. That is such a low barrier. You can break it up into two 15 minute sessions a week. You you could just, it's gotta be a total of 90 minutes in some capacity, even if it's just walking around the mall with your kids. I don't care what it is. You got to commit to that just to get your energy expenditure up, right? Because we don't want to change your diet drastically in the beginning, depending on your situation. But so many people are resistant to this and they give excuses all the time. The dumbest excuses in the world. Because they come to train with me, right? For example, let's say at like 6 or 7 a.m. in the morning, once or twice a week. And they don't start work until 8 or 9. So the rest of the days during the week, they can get up early at the same time or even later and do a little workout, go for a 15-minute walk on their own. But they choose not to. They choose to sleep in, right? So somebody took my advice. um, And he said, uh, let's see here. Um, 
your advice about telling me to wake up earlier before I go to work has really been a positive experience. Uh, for the last month now, I've been getting up at 3.30 a.m. Usually I would get up at 4.30 a.m. for work, but I'm getting up early as F right now. It sucked for the first couple of weeks, but after I got accustomed to it, it became second nature. Like I was just getting up for work anyways. Now Here I wake up super easy. I'm not groggy and I feel better throughout the day. Having that workout in the morning, I don't even need my coffee to get me out of bed. I just wanted to give you my experience and tell you thank you and you could share this with your clients. If you, He said in that, right, he suffered for the first couple of weeks. He hated it, but now it's second nature and it's one of the best parts of his morning. Something as simple as just waking up a little bit earlier to get it done. Yeah. And he was so who sorry there's one one moment he was someone who was resistant at first because it would change his routine he works a lot right and he he just needed a different perspective and it took him a little bit but he took it and just tried it right so to go back to your kid if he would just take your advice and just try it sign up for a course right to to keep extending his education he might end up like oh shit i actually like this course let me keep going it's just you gotta if you want to change who you are you have to start doing things you don't do. If you continue to do the same thing over and over again, you will stay the same. You will not change. Yeah. And, and what to your client, it's a different conversation, but you know, he, he hung in there until his brain chemistry changed, you know, and, and, and then he was, you know, his getting up early was normal to him. Okay. And so he got over that hump and people don't understand that. You know, you have to stick with something long enough for your brain chemistry to change. Okay, that's what routine does. And then your brain expects it. And then when your brain expects it, it's easier to get up. And then you can really enjoy everything that he said he was enjoying about getting up and and, and getting his workout in and get all the benefits. But that's the thing that folks don't understand. You, you got to hang in there long enough when your brain changes then when your brain, it expects it. And then when it comes to expect it, it's easier, you know, and uh, it's such a wonderful thing. And I wasn't big on brain chemistry when I was younger. And I guess that, you know, cause a lot of research wasn't out then either, but I am big, big, big on brain chemistry. Now it helps me with my sleep routine. I sleep better because of brain chemistry, having a routine prior to my bedtime. Um, you know, first I thought it was like, ah, it's not gonna work, but sure enough, you know, you know, I run through my routine. It starts an hour before I go to sleep. My brain now is telling me bed's coming. And now my brain is calming my body down. So it's, it's, it's awesome. Yes, I agree. I'm huge on the brain chemistry. Um, the mind and body communicate to a great extent, uh, especially someone like me who uh, suffers from a, a, a rare disease um, and is in physical pain all the time. Understanding the, the fact that the impact that your brain can have on how much of that pain you feel, um, how much you, when you concentrate on it, how much more intense it is. Um, if you, uh, focus on other things instead of the pain, uh, you notice that it's not as strong. And so just by understanding that those connections, like it's, it's that strong of connection where it can literally change how you're living your life, um, brings light into other areas that are a little bit easier. Like if I can control how much pain I'm in, just by the fact that I can change my focus from focusing on pain to something else, I can, I can understand and be confident that I can change other aspects of my life by just continuing to work on it, whether it be waking up early or exercising or working on my diet or studying or anything like that. Your brain gets stronger. It adapts. It rewires itself to fuel what you want on a daily basis. Yeah. 
Uh, my, 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 one of my, one of my personal quotations, or at least I think it is anyway, I, I didn't steal it from anyone. I'll say that is that your mind has no max, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, so. they don't, they don't even know it. It doesn't. So like, right. it's literally true. It, it doesn't have a max. Um, right. And that's uh, how I was feeling. I've mentioned on the rock, you know what I mean? And I was trying to, you know, to, to motivate my guys and our team, you know, when we got to the 25 mile mark and, and we were like, I was like, Oh man, we still have four miles to go instead of one. And, and that's how I was feeling, you know, like that, my mom, I was fine. Mentally, I was just so fine with it. It, it didn't matter. You know, like your mind has no max. Like you can, you know, you're, you know, you, you can tell, you know, you can do anything, you know, um, you, you don't have to, you know, like when I was younger, and doing competitions, I would always like, uh, when, you know, when the hard miles came or, or, you know, I would be suffering. I'm like, wow, this sucks. This sucks. This sucks. But now, now I don't do that. I'm like, this is freaking, this is why I do this, uh, you know? And yeah, this is hard, but I'm glad I'm at this point because this is why I do this. I'm testing myself when back then it was like, I can't wait till this is over. It's so crazy. it's funny. You, it's funny. You mentioned that. Um, so <laughs> with with my condition right i'm I'm in physical pain all the time right um and it's i have a different dynamic when i'm working out when i'm in the gym right so it's funny you say that because when it gets hard i actually feed off that big time and it's not necessarily good good for me considering my situation but i feed off that i actually it's a little sick mind game i i actually play with myself like i when my body starts hurt, hurting when i'm working out I want to continue that. I actually talk to myself. I say, I say, that's right. Like you're going to accept this pain for all the pain that you have caused me. And although that sounds sick, it makes me work harder. It makes me work harder. And at the end of it, the workouts are way more gratifying. I've gotten more work done. I actually feel better because I'm releasing more neurotransmitter transmitters from working harder, more endorphins, more dopamine. So whatever mindset I think someone can adapt, um, to accept physical pain because that's the only way you change, especially physically. Like if we're talking about physical events, there's, there's pain associated with physical cha- challenges and training. Um, it doesn't matter the capacity. It could be a 5k walk or a 50 oh, yeah. run. There's some form of pain, yeah. um, but you have to accept it to reach your goal. Right? So what are you going to tell yourself? Right? Like you tell yourself your mind has no max. I tell myself, you're going to take this pain, like come up with your own thing. You know, like what, what motivates you, you know? Well, I mean, you know, I will, something I stole, I'm not, I didn't steal, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, there's a, I read this from an ultra distance runner and I, and I, he's kind of quirky You know, I read the guy's book and I, I watch him on Instagram and he's, he's not my type of dude, you know, uh, but in his book, he wrote something which helped me with distance events, you know, and, you know, we have this thing, you know, we run a race and we have uh, this image of a finish line, right? There's this finish line, but he's like, you know, when you're running an ultra race or you do an ultra event, there is no finish line. And that's what you tell yourself. Okay. Because then it takes the stress off of worrying. When's this finish line coming up? It's like, there is no finish line. I'm just running. I'm going to run forever. You know what I mean? And that's how you get through those distance events by saying there's no finish line. I like that. Uh, it, I like it's that an amazing. It, it really was a big change for me when I started. Oh, run a long training run. If I'm running 20 miles on Saturday and it's, I'm not, you know, I'm fine, but I'm like, uh, this is long. You know what I mean? I can't wait till it ends. It helps me. I'm like, you know what? I get to mile 17. I'm like, ah, I just wish I could stop right now. And I'm like, you know what? There is no finish line, you know? And I get in that mentality of it and I finish fine. Listen, and that, I like it. it's a 
it's a legit mindset. I mean, it's a, it's a great, you just honestly, man, like when you're trying to reach your goals or accomplish something in life, you just, you got to trick your brain. You got to work around those things. You got to, what works for you, what sayings work for you, what routines work for you. But just to continue that. I want to give that guy his copy. Dean, it starts with a K. Uh, I can't remember his last name. It's Dean something. Starts with He's famous dude. We'll plug him. Um, but um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta understand, right. That, when you set a goal or a deadline, you're like there's stress involved with that. And sometimes it's better not to do it. So when I have people who want to lose weight, okay, yeah. my, my goals are physical attributes in the gym for them. There's no timeline on weight loss. I want them to change their life. They're not going to change their life in 30, 60, 90 days. They're going to change their life over the course of one to three years and then continue those habits for the rest of their life. But during that one to three years, we set physical goals right? So they can see it, they can feel it, they can work towards it, they can suffer towards it, they can get stronger towards it. So we're talking about getting stronger on a deadlift, on a squat, running an extra mile. Those are the goals we want to set. There's no deadline to that. It's just training until you get there, right? So, and most people who try and set a deadline for weight loss fail, or when they hit that, they go off the wagon and gain all their weight back because it's like, oh, it's the end. It's the end. I don't have it to does, do and it's, more. It doesn't become a lifestyle. Exactly. Right. It's an end point. Exactly. Right. That quote, that's a dude, whatever, whatever you say, his name is Dean. Dean. Right. Dean. Yeah. Dean. Uh, hey, starts the runner. We'll get you on this podcast eventually. Um, I want to read, read the excerpt from a book real quick. I think it's important. All right. And then it's yeah. getting late. It's getting late. We'll, we'll hop on for like 10 more minutes. All right. Um, and then you can give your thoughts on it. I'll give my thoughts on it. All right. Um, here we go. If a man is to learn, he must journey outward with eyes open to the world and inward with readiness to confront the reaches of his own soul. He counsels that no man's master grows in his own home, nor has anyone found his teacher behind his stove. I mean, that's exactly what we've been talking about today. Thoughts. You know, it's about it's about not staying inside your four walls, you know, when you're not sure what to do. But um, you got to take action uh, and you're going to find opportunity out your door, you know, and you got to defeat those demons inside. okay, and not get too big headed and think think that you're you're too good. You know, uh, you know, I have some I've had some clients that think sometimes young guys, you know, well, they're too good for this job. You know, and I'm like, you never had a freaking job in your life. What are you talking about? You're too good for this job. Like, That's what we were talking you know, about earlier. Yeah. Like, like get out of work. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, you know, what do you mean? It's beneath you. What are you freaking kidding me? You got to, you know, um, it's a good job. Like you just, you know, yeah, but I, you know, no, you just make an excuse. So that's a, that quote is dead on in regards to, you know, your, your, your master is outside of your home. You're not going to find him inside. Okay. You're only going to find distorted thinking. Okay. And setups. Okay. If you stay, if you try to figure things out at home, you know, in regards to your life and um, you, you, the possibilities, the opportunities, you know, you got to get, you got to get out and move. Yeah. I think that's one way to, I think that's one way to, perceive that I, I agree with that i think it's a good one um what came to my head first though was um a lot of people search for answers from other people right they're constantly looking for gurus right they constantly read self-help books they want someone to solve their problems without ever addressing inside themselves what is the issue at hand why are they doing what they're doing right and so i think it means that you'll never you have to put yourself 
on the same level as someone you're trying to get the advice from because it's inside of you, right? Anybody can tell you what to do. If you don't do it, you won't get the results. So I think that's another way to do it. Like you're not going to find a master behind your stove, right? Just like you're not going to find a master outside in the world either. I think it's saying, I think that's also alluding to the fact that you are the master on the inside. If you would just use the advice that some, somebody else or something else is giving you. I think a lot of people expect people to change their lives or things to change their lives when it really stems from the action that they take on the information or situation. Yeah. And the action is like said, like, like the quote says, you, you gotta, you gotta open the doors. Gotta so, open you know. the doors. You gotta open the doors. Gotta open the doors. All right. We'll end it there. Um, actually I wrote this down earlier on the topic of retirement. Um, I think it's super important. I'm against retiring. I will never retire. I don't think people should retire. Everybody who I've seen retire for the most part has either mentally declined um, in some fashion. Uh, and I, I want to get your thoughts on that. Now, when I say never retire, I don't mean you have to work 40 to 60 hours a week anymore, but maybe 10, yeah. 15 community charity work. Um, what are your thoughts on that? What are your experience with seeing people retire? And, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm out. You know, my own thoughts on retirement is that you know I I I never plan to officially retire, which means I'm never going to do anything but, you know, you know, get up and work out and you know go go eat and 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 you know go fish or do whatever you know and then do the whole the whole thing again the next day. Um, I'm I, my plan is to work probably you know. Um, you know, I'm going to work full time for a while for certain reasons, uh, because that's what happens when you take care of yourself. You know, um, you know, uh, I'm 58, but I'm really 48. You know, uh, I mean, so, uh, you know, I got a lot of energy. I'm in very good health because that's how I planned it. And uh, so now I'm ready to shoot off on a, another career and, and pack and, and pad my bank account. And um, I put myself in a position to do that. And I'm happy about that. But you know, to answer your question in regards to the longer term, I can never see myself not working at least part time, you know, to, to stay productive, uh, to, to, to help people, to talk to people and to keep my mind, um, you know, in shape, uh, my communication skills in shape. Uh, my goal has been since I was a young man is that I want to do, I want to keep my life as close to as normal uh, that I was like in my 20s. You know, I want to do is all the way up as I age, as close as I can, including working out and everything else. I want to keep it as close to as it's always been. Now, that's impossible because, you know, it's going to change somewhat, but it's not. It's the striving towards that. I want to strive towards attempting to keep my life as close to as as the normal for me that it's always been. If that makes any sense. That's kind of what I that's my goal. It does. It does. Um, I'm, I'm a young guy. I'm not retiring anytime soon, um, but I have a lot of experience training older people. Um, you know, I train a couple hundred people a month and we're talking about working with people for a decade. Um, retiring, uh, from my experience, witnessing it, other people do it. Um, it just, it's like a slow decay for some people, man. It's like their mind starts to dwindle. They get bored. They don't know what to do. They start just being in limbo. I just don't think it's healthy to completely retire. Um, I just, my, my completely retired type of thing would be like working for like a go ruck, you know, and, um, you know, like, uh, and doing, uh, working for them and helping them set up, uh, 
you know, events and then doing the events. Yeah. Like, it's so weird. Like retirement for me is not going to be, you know, laying on a beach and with a drink in my hand. Not that I'm opposed to that or not that I'm not going to do that sometimes. But, you know, retiring to me is is freedom with my workouts. Like I can I can, you know, I can work out as much as I want each day. I can plan whatever races or competitions I want to do. And I plan to win these things. So I plan to, you know, in my 60s, in my 70s, the, my friends laugh at me. I said, because in, in the rest home, I'm going to I'm going to be the, the, the winner in the mile, the mile swim and the mile run. And yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to have that trophy. You know, we're all laugh, you know, but I'm going to win ping pong, whatever it is. I'm going to win them all. That's my goal. But I'm in, I'm in with you. I'm, I'm competitive. I like I like competing. So um, I'm with you. Uh, I think you're right. Some people, you know, they do enjoy the beach and the drink and retirement. But um, I just wanted to ask your opinion on that. And that that's yeah. it. That's it. Um, if anybody else wrapped for today, that's it. If anybody else is a UFC fan out there, me and uh, Coach Tom are huge, huge, huge UFC. Can't wait! Can't wait! Big event this weekend: three championship fights. Um, well, yeah, it should be three. Is it three or two? It doesn't matter. Um, but uh, it's it's gonna be a good weekend. We're gonna probably talk UFC on this podcast a lot too. But yeah, you know, you know what's cool about UFC? I, I mean, and and anything like that for someone. Anything that you do that takes your mind off of life for three or four hours and you're totally engrossed in something, not worrying about any of your stressors or any of your worries because you're so fired up about an event, whether that's a concert or a UFC event, that's when that's really cool stuff. So I, that's why I love taking a, getting off the treadmill of life, we call it, for three or four hours and just being totally engrossed in this event. I love that. I love it. I love it. That's like two two things in my life, man. UFC and golf take my mind off of life. That's it. It's true. That's true. Absolutely right. That's it. Um, all right. Awesome. Guys, if you have any questions, you can email us. If you want to join the program, you can email us at stronggenscoaching at gmail.com. Reach out to us on Facebook. Send us a message. And uh, don't hesitate to change your life. Strong Gens Coaching, making men physically, mentally, and socially, economically stronger in life. Peace.